And the final seconds will tick away and Denver will come away with a huge victory to eliminate the Suns in the Western Conference semifinals. The final score, Denver 125, the Suns 100. Don't go away. We'll be back right after these messages. I want to take a minute here before we get into the postgame show. And Tim, you touched on it a moment ago, but I think uh, our listeners know that this is my final broadcast for the Phoenix Suns after 51 amazing years. And uh, I just want to say a couple of things. Of course, uh, turning to my right, John Bloom, I certainly thank him for all of his work and help these last few years and wish him only more in his professional career as it moves on. And Tim, I said it a moment ago, you know, big guy, what I think of you, you're absolutely the best. And to be with you for 21 years alongside has certainly been a high point, something I will never forget and always remember. I want to say also to uh, uh, Walt Ellis, Walt, you've been with me for so many years as the technical director. We've worked on so many projects. I want to thank you for all of the things that you have been able to be responsible for that have made it easier for me to work. Thank, thank you, you, Al. It's been thank 17 you. great years. Yes, it has been. And I want to say something special to a special group of people. Through the years, I've become friends with so many sightless people. And you can't understand what radio and sports radio broadcasting means to these folks. And I've gotten to know so many sightless people that depend on our radio broadcasts. And I've known people that are in hospitals and in veterans' hospitals and shut-ins. And I just want to thank all of those folks that depend on radio uh, for letting me be a part of their lives. And to all the rest of you, before we get in, and we're going to wrap this up on our post-game show, I just want to say thank you for 51 wonderful years and allowing me to bring the story of the Suns and the NBA to you. It's been a great ride. Okay, we'll be back with some post-game coverage. Don't go away. The Suns lose this one. They're eliminated this year. Final score was 125-100 Denver, and we wish the Nuggets the best. Back with the post-game after these messages. So again, we wish Denver, their coach Mike Malone, and all the people in the Mile High City to move ahead, wish them the best as the playoffs continue. As far as that, that pretty much wraps things up here. And uh, for one last time, this is Al McCoy saying thanks for being there. Thanks for being with us tonight. And from the Footprint Center here in downtown Phoenix, we'll just say so long for now. treat i mean just to be in that crowd um right there the whole time there during that video and, and they they spliced it up that i mean that was the final buzzer to a commercial break 
They did the whole post-game show, and then boom, the end of the post-game show, him signing off one last time, Al McCoy, the great, phenomenal broadcaster, 51 years. He's 91 years old. Just turned 91 um, this year, um, I think a... um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe maybe right about a month ago, uh, his birthday was celebrated um, right before the playoffs. Kind of like Chris Paul, um, but you know, just as, the, as as it pertains to the timing, that's and it's rough. It's rough that that it, that's how it had to happen. I know many of the fans or all the fans were hoping for a better outcome, and a large uh, part of them. Not even about the championship, you know, for the team, but the championship for Al. Like that—that's literally how a lot of people felt. The players—they wanted it so bad. Um, uh, I guess you can argue not bad enough when back-to-back years you get eliminated like this. Last year, game six and game seven—a combined sixty points—you lost by thirty apiece. This game, you lost by twenty-five. It could have been worse. Nuggets in the first quarter, 44 to 26. They scored 44 points in, in the first quarter, held you to 26. Then they scored 37 in the second, held you to 25. You got a little bit better in the third, but it didn't matter. You had 25, they had 22. And then in the fourth, Suns had 24, they had 22. It, it was absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. What a 32, 34 point lead at one point. We'll get to that here in a second. Suns, or excuse me, um, Nuggets. Aaron Gordon, 35 minutes, 3 of 7 from the field. 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 8 points. Michael Porter Jr., 24 minutes, 4 of 10 from the field. 0 of 4 from deep, 5 rebounds, 10 points. Jokic, 38 minutes. Uh, a triple-double, uh, 13 of 18 from the field, 0 of 1 from deep, 10 rebounds, 12 assists, 32 points. Jamal Murray, 35 minutes, 7 of 16 from the field, 4 of 6 from deep, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 26 minutes. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 36 minutes, 7 of 11 from the field, 2 of 5 from deep, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 21 points. Uh, Jeff Green, 18 minutes, 0 of 1 from the field, 2 rebounds, 4 points. Um, and I, I struggle doing this name. So N N A J I cannot pronounce his name what whatsoever. So I'll just spell it two minutes, one rebound, no points. Watson, two minutes, one of two from the field, one rebound, two points. Bruce Brown, 31 minutes, six of 13 from the field, one of four from deep, five rebounds, one assist, 13 points. Chanchar, two minutes, one assist. Ish Smith, two minutes, one of one, two points. Reggie Jackson, three minutes, one of one uh, from the field, one of one from deep, three points. And uh, Christian Brown, 14 minutes, one of two from the field, two rebounds, four points. Suns, Kevin Durant, 37 minutes, eight of 19 from the field, five rebounds, five assists, 23 points. Jock Landell um, got the start for DeAndre Ayton with a rib contusion. Uh, 31 minutes, 5 of 6 from the field, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, um, 13 points. Campaign, 
uh, started again with the injured Chris Paul groin injury. 42 minutes, 12 of 16 from the field, 7 of 9 from deep, 6 uh, rebounds, uh, 2 assists, 31 points, a career high, playoff high for Cameron Payne. They wasted a great game from Cameron Payne and lost. Devin Booker, 36 minutes, 4 of 13 from the field, 1 of 3 from deep, 1 rebound, 8 assists, 12 points. Landry Shamit, 37 minutes, 3 of 7 from the uh, field, 3 of 9 from deep, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 9 points. Ish Wayne Wright played 2 minutes, nothing to show for it. Toy Craig, 13 minutes, 2 of 3 from the field, 0 1 from deep, 4 points. TJ Warren, no points, 16 minutes, 0 1 from the field, 2 rebounds. Bismack Biombo, um, 8 minutes, 1 of 1 from the field, 2 rebounds, 2 points. Damian Lee, 12 minutes, 3 of 4 from the field, 0 of 1 from deep, 1 rebound, 6 points. Terrence Ross, 9 minutes, 0 of 5 from the field, 0 of 4 from deep, 1 rebound, 0 points. Everybody else did not play. Rough one. Rough, rough, rough. Nuggets, 44 of 82, 53.7% from the field, 8 of 22 from deep, 36.4%, and then at the line, 29 of 31, 93.5%. Suns, 38 of 79, that's 48.8% from the field, 11 of 28 from deep, that's 39.3%, and then at the line, 13 of 20, 65%. Big free throw disparity, but as you just heard me mention all the shot and attempts, a lot of attempts from some of these players on a lot of misses, and so it really wouldn't have mattered anyway. Rebounds, big disparity. 41-29 to in favor of the Nuggets. Seven offensive boards, 34 defensive to the Suns. Two offensive rebounds, 27 defensive Piss poor. Assists 24 to 20 in favor of the Nuggets. Steals 10 to 3 in favor of the Nuggets. Blocks do happen to go the Sun's way 5 to 3. Total turnovers 11. Um, 14 for the Suns. 21 points given up for the Suns. 17 for the Nuggets. Fast break points 19 to 14. Nuggets way. Points in the paint. uh, Nuggets 62 to 46. 22 fouls on both teams. Largest lead, 32 for the um, uh, Nuggets, 3 for the Suns. Excuse me. I was actually kind of surprised um, or I'm, uh, that they even had a lead. I know they, they did, and I knew that it was a three-point lead. Um, And I think it might have been at the beginning of the game it was kind of back and forth at the beginning of the game um friend of the show from Tillman's Corner Sports uh Tillman's Corner Sports Talk um Heath shot me a message while I was at work he said oh man it's ugly and I I knew that it was bad I knew it had to have been I hadn't heard anything hadn't seen anything I do pretty good uh sometimes most of the time to uh get you know to not be available, and um, I, I I missed it. I said, hey, if it's, you know, 
hey, don't say anything. You know, he said, uh, you're not watching. I said, well, I can't. I'm working. He said, when are you going to be there? I said, I don't know. He said, all right, well, don't worry about it, man. And uh, and then my friend, uh, my other friend, Stephen, that's not from Tillman's Corner uh, Sports Talk, actually my former barber, he called me and he was going to talk about the game, but I was still at work. And I watched it. It was, yeah, it was absolutely rough. Um, and so uh, the big question is what we'll end on and what's next. And I'll give my opinion on that, but let's uh, just go into the, uh, press conference, and I'm just going to let this one ride, um, I, I think. We'll, we'll see if I interject, but let, let's just let's just write it, let it ride, starting with Monty Williams. Coach, you've talked about just not even giving up 30-point quarters, but to start the game with, with a 44-pointer, yeah. how, how much of that played into what happened the rest it of the game? It was pretty much the whole game, uh, 81 points in the first half. Um was <clears throat> deflating to just see them score like that and, you know, running down the floor, getting easy buckets. Um, you know, and that, that falls on my shoulders, not having us ready to play at the highest level in the biggest game of the year, bottom line. And um, to your point, like, that, that's just not who we are and who we've been. And then just to, to follow up, when you're looking at the way they were scoring, I mean, it, you said like through six games, you know what they're going to do. Was yeah. it almost like you're talking to them like, "Hey, we've seen this." I mean, how, how what were you trying to get across to them during that during that? Well, show? at that point, you're just trying to get the spirit back. Um, when they're running their offense with great pace and physicality um, on offense, and then we didn't make shots, and I thought that sent us into a bit of a tailspin, um, which is not common for us. We've we've been in games where we miss shots and we're able to get the stops we needed to, you know, be productive. Uh, we just couldn't get any stops in the first half. Monty, when the deficit grew to that length, what did you see from the guys in terms of the effort they were trying to do and, like, trying to balance not doing too uh, much? In, in I thought like the that? effort was there, but it wasn't at the highest level where we, we needed it. I thought the shot missing messed with us a bit. Um, not having D.A. as a roller tonight, you could see the, the difference in their pick and roll coverage. Uh, they were stealing out to shooters more tonight, and they were actually in the passing lanes a bit more. Um, but I thought we missed a ton of shots early, and I thought that brought our spirit down. I know you're not big on comparisons, but this is two straight years with an ending mm -hmm. like this at home. Did you sense a different energy from the guys, at least, though, to, to what I was asking about earlier? Um, I can't gauge that. I'm not quite sure if I can compare. Uh, they both are... are they bring bad feelings about uh, the game and, and what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, neither neither day feels good. Coach Book's efficiency since that fall in the first quarter last game, and it just wasn't quite the same. Was he fully healthy, or did that impact him? You know, I haven't gotten a medical report on that, but I, I think he is dealing with some soreness. Um, you know, just watching him, he didn't have that same pop and he's just too tough of a guy to to admit when he's you know feeling something but there's nothing official um, as far as an injury is concerned he just was toughing it out and uh, finally I just took him out of the game when you have another season that comes to an end like this yeah. I know you guys didn't have as much time with Kevin as you wanted but what's kind of your outlook for the franchise as far as what you need next time 
It's too hard to talk about that stuff right now. It's an emotional, tough loss. Um, it's hard for me to even see past today. You know, I want to go in there and talk to the coaches, and um, you know, we'll we will reevaluate as we go forward. Um, but you're right. This is two years in a row where we've lost um, in elimination games like this, and it's just a bad feeling. This franchise obviously has had championship hopes for a few years now, legitimate championship mm -hmm. hopes. What do these, uh, as you said, painful and very similar endings say about the, the group that you have or you know, the, the, the process that you guys have trying to put this championship puzzle together? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, it's two different groups. Um, last year's team is totally different than this year's team. Last year's team was more of a ball movement, body movement team. This year we're more pick and roll oriented um, and ISO oriented. So it's two different situations altogether. Um, and so that's something that we need to take a look at to see what kinds of combinations of players we have to fit the style of play. Um, but it's hard to make assessments about those kinds of things after, you know, 20 minutes after a loss, if that. Yeah, Camp played the most minutes, and he obviously you know, had the most efficient shooting night. So what can you say about his play in his series to help rejuvenate your team yeah. tonight? I thought the, the pace that he brought in games three and four uh, certainly helped us win um, those two games. And it, it changed their defensive mindset um, in game five. Game five. Uh, they did a good job of nullifying the pace with physicality. But he brought energy and scoring. And uh, when he got the ball, he was getting it down the floor, putting pressure on the rim. I thought Jock did the same thing from a a sprint aspect, um, rim runs, stuff like that, just causing cross matches. He and Cam helped us win two games in this series, and I'm thankful for that. Monty, in the past you've talked about how you reflect on a season as a whole in, in games like this. How do you process it the first 24 hours and, and then do more of it here in the offseason? <laughs> I mean, these the next 24 hours will be what you can imagine. You know, you feel like... You don't feel that great. Um, you know, I, I take that personally, not having our team ready to play in the biggest game of the year. That's something that I pride myself on. And um, it just didn't happen tonight. And so that's something that I have to really take a deep look at um, everything I'm doing to allow us to be successful on these days. Monty, this might not be a fair question after, just after the 20 minutes after the game, but how do you characterize the season itself? <laughs> I don't know. It, it's There's so many variables in a season like this, but they all seem like excuses. You know what I'm saying? If you, I'm just not into that. You know, I, I, I look at myself first before anybody else, and um, you could point to all kinds of things, and I don't want to list them because that's just not. Um, I don't think it's the right the right thing to do. I think you have to look um, at yourself, and that's what I'm doing right now is looking at the things I can do better to help us on days like this and progress better during the season so we're ready for days like this. So um, there's a lot of things that happened this year from injuries to trades and you know a lot of external things that could have been a distraction, and the guys just hung in there all year long. Um, and I, I applaud the guys for that. We had a number of distractions this year, and they just stayed the course. And um, 
we just couldn't get it done today. Coach, when you look at KD's shooting, it was kind of uncharacteristic for most of the series. Did it feel like, what was that? A, what would you attribute that to? Was it trying to fit in on a new team? Or? Um, it, it's a hard one to really understand, you know, this early after a loss. Um, maybe it's something that I'm doing or we're doing, or maybe he just missed, you know, the shots that he he's accustomed to making. I'm not quite sure yet. Um, it's something that we'll have to evaluate as we go forward. Mike, I was going to ask you something similar, but it just seemed like that after he got off to a slow start uh, shooting-wise, I mean, his body language maybe a little bit. Did you feel like he felt like maybe he felt the pressure of just trying to be the normal shot maker he, he normally is? I just think he cares. I think he wanted to, you know, bring this town something that it's never had before, and that's okay. You know, if guys are feeling, if a guy's upset about not making shots and not making plays, that, that, that's fine. I, I'd rather him care and, and, you know, have that that feeling than to not care. So I, I'm okay with that. I think it's, um, it says a lot about who he is. You know, he wanted this badly, and um, I wanted it badly for him. So I just feel bad for all of our guys. Hey, Monty, uh, last year, if I remember correctly, after the Dallas game, you similarly took it upon yourself that you could have done better, you didn't have the team ready. Is it just because that's the way you are, you, you want to take the responsibility for it rather than, you know, uh, basically pass it off to the players? Or yeah. w w what's your thought process behind that? I'm just not a blame guy. It's just not my personality. It's not how I was raised. Not not how I was taught. Um, I'm, I'm a no excuses, no explanation person, you know, when it comes to getting the job done. And um, I have people that I answer to, and they, they put a lot of trust in me. And when I let them down, it's, you know, it's just part of being a competitor. You want to win, you know, and that, that's the ultimate goal is to win, and when you don't, I don't know of any competitor who doesn't look at himself first and try to evaluate so you can be better. Thank you. Monty, thanks uh, for everything this season. Thank you. Kevin, when it just started spiraling out of control there at the, probably the end of the first or start of the second quarter, what what's going through you guys at that point where it's just getting out of hand and they're, the lead is stretching. Yeah, it sucked. It was bad feeling. It was embarrassing. <clears throat> they came out and hit us in the mouth. We couldn't recover. You know, you got to give them credit for being a disciplined team. Curious when, I mean, like we've talked before about elimination game and you were saying play each possession. Well, I was just, I like, it's, like it's your last and, and play a certain fashion. How early could you tell that you guys weren't doing that? at the level it needed to be to, to, to win this game? When we got down big, I mean, it happened pretty fast. They were getting <clears throat> they were getting whatever they wanted on the offensive side of the ball. So it's hard to get, get, you, get, get going on offense. It's hard to get going as a team if you're giving up points, that many points. You know? 44 in the first, 37 in the second, 81 points at the half. It's tough to get going. Just have one more follow. Sorry. Just curious, you know, you obviously when you came in, you know, it was a rush, and then you get hurt and lose three weeks and trying to piece this together. Um, maybe just speak to the challenge of all of that, and then you get in the playoff series where 
you don't have as much time as you would like against a team that's really good? Yeah, if I provide context, it'll just be looked at as an excuse. We just got to be better next year. Kevin, I know you've been asked a lot about that in the last couple of weeks, and, and I'm not trying to provide excuses for you or anything like that, but for a player like yourself who rarely looks like you're pressing, you rarely look uncomfortable, just how did you feel on the court for these 11 games in terms of getting to your looks, getting to the shots you normally get to? Um, uh, I feel good sometimes. I felt good in Spurs. It wasn't, it wasn't consistent. Um, shots that I, I felt good leaving my hands didn't go in. You know, but it's just the name of the game. Uh, it's frustrating for sure, but just keep working, get back into the gym, um, keep getting prepared. You know, that's really what it is. The routine don't stop. The, you know, the crafting of my skill don't stop. You know, uh, just keep working from here. When seasons end for you, how do you process them both, both instantly in like the first 24 hours, and then over the course of the off season? I just try to control what I can, which is. You know, Working extremely hard and putting a lot of preparation into the game and my skill, and then just being present for the organization wherever they need me at any point. Just making sure my phone is open and you know the, the dialogue is there. You know, so uh, I'm sure we'll check in with it, with each other throughout the whole summer. But I just think my job is to continue to keep getting better and keep finding ways to get better as a player. When you look at your time here and just the way that the season came to an end, how do you view kind of the outlook here in terms of, okay, we have this and this is kind of what we need moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it's hard right now to see what the future will hold for our team, but, you know, we got a good foundation, good infrastructure, you know, we can build on and move on from uh, from this and learn from it and get better from it. but. It's a hard question to ask, uh, answer right now. I'm sure that uh, you know, as as the summer and off season starts to progress, we'll figure that out a little bit more. Kevin, uh, your issues and numbers probably weren't where you wanted them to be this series. Do you attribute that to your defense? Was it a lack of chemistry with the team, a combination of both? What do you have to do? Um, just didn't make shots. I, I mean, it was all on me to be honest. Like. Like I said, I prepare. I feel like I prepared the right way. I not. I, I took the shots that I want to take. Uh, I, I, sometimes I probably rushed. I rushed a lot of my looks. This playoffs, just trying to figure it out. But at the end of the day, it's all it's all gonna fall back on me. And you know, so I watch film throughout the summer. Watch, you know, different actions that I was in throughout the year and see how I can just keep improving. You didn't have any threes tonight, and that's unlike you to not take any three-point shots. What did they take away? That's pretty normal for me, to be honest. Well, so I, mean, I felt like I chucked a lot this year. Once I got here, in some of the series, I felt like I just chucked a lot of threes, but it, usually I'm not really a high-volume three-point shooter, so uh, I just try to you know, get to my spots. Uh, maybe I should shoot more threes, uh, but I just try to get be aggressive going downhill as much as I can. Yeah. <clears throat> Katie, you know what winning championships is about. Do you think this franchise needs significant change to have a real chance? Um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, obviously, you always want to make tweaks regardless. Whoever won the championship this year, I'm sure they're going to try to add to their team too. So I feel like every year, it's the GMs, coaches, players' job is to get better and find ways to adapt and become a better team. So I'm sure, I'm sure we'll make adjustments. 
Kevin, I'm sure the reflection comes a little bit later, but what's something that you think you really learned this year? It was a year you've never had before, being traded midseason and overcoming a lot. What's something you feel like you've learned? Um, Dagger, um, I don't think I learned anything new about myself. I mean, it's just an experience that you just got to go through. I mean, the last two years have been uh, been some new experiences for me in the league. So, you know, just embrace it all and move forward, to be honest. You know, I know what type of person I am. I know what, I know what, the, I know what situations I was getting into. I understand what may happen. So I'm not blindsided by anything. So uh, just keep pressing forward, to be honest. Kevin, even with this sense of uh, disappointment at the end of everything coming to a close, you mentioned the infrastructure um, that you feel confident in. This is a situation you obviously requested to come to. So after a postseason you know, stretch here, what about the infrastructure that you saw before you got here are you still feeling pretty confident about moving forward? Yeah, I am. <clears throat> yeah, I am. I had a great time playing with these guys, getting to know these guys, living in Phoenix, playing for Coach Monty, playing for the staff, you know, so just – more reps, that's all I There's more reps to that. Continue to keep building with one another. And understand, we need to understand each other on a different level, individually and as basketball players, and I think that'll come. Um, so we'll see what happens, you know. Um, definitely frustrating and disappointing and embarrassing to lose. Uh, but losses happen, and it's about how you can get up and keep keep pushing and figuring out ways to, to become better. So. That's really what the mantra is, just keep adjusting and seeing, seeing why we can come back better. Thanks. Kevin, thank you, man. Thanks. How much did you guys miss DeAndre and Chris? It's always good to have extra bodies um, in the playoffs. You know, it's, it's tough losing guys, but, you know, guys, this is the next man up mentality. Love, I can play tonight. Jock came in and gave us some great minutes throughout this whole series. Uh, so you got to tip your hat to them, but you know injuries happen, and you know so we got to you got to figure it out. And uh, I think guys came in and played extremely hard. So, uh, but obviously we'd love to have more bodies out there. You, you knew Joker was a great player, obviously before this series started. Is there any different level of respect or anything about his game that changes once you compete for a series? Nah, nah, nah. I always have respect. I always knew how great he was. I always watching these guys, you know what I'm saying? All the great players in the league. Not surprised <laughs> that these guys are good, you know, especially somebody like Jokic. I've been watching him, playing against him for a minute now since he hit his peak as a player. So, no, I wouldn't say I learned anything new. Great team, deep team, multiple guys that uh, play well together, great continuity, been together for what, how long Mike Malone been there? Six years? That's 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 uh, that's a good advantage to have, you know. You know your coach, you know the players on the team. You got a system in place for that long. So, no, nah, I wasn't surprised at all. Jokic is an all-time great. I'm gonna go down as one of the all-time great centers to ever touch a basketball. So, he went out there and did what he's supposed to do. KD, just back to the game for a sec. It was 27-26, and then they run out 17 points. What happens at that point that the game got away from you guys so quickly? They made shots. We couldn't get stops, and uh, we were missing them. I mean, that's pretty simple. I know it sounds simple, but they, they came out and knocked down their shots. They played. They got out in transition, got easy ones, and we couldn't get a bucket to go. Thanks. And obviously, you know, we've talked about you as far as 
pushing the pace and getting involved. And but you had a career playoff high, 31 points. Just what was what was flowing for you tonight? And how much were you doing all you could to keep this team in the game? Uh, man, the three was working for me tonight. Um, just kind of kept shooting them. Like they they was falling tonight. Uh, just wasn't enough though. Um, literally pushed myself to exhaustion tonight. Really, every night I play as hard as I can. It's the playoffs. Like I'm tired, but man, the three point, the three point was working for me today. Out of all the games, it was working though. Uh, Try. How frustrating though is tonight to have a game like that and you guys um, get beaten the manner the way you guys did. It hurt. It hurt big time. It hurt big time, especially like with our with our team. Like it just hurt, and in front of the fans, like that's just that's not us. Especially after last year's, like, we kind of did the same thing. It's, it's, it's not a good feeling. Uh, I just wish it would have been at least closer. At, at least, I, I, of course, I want to win, but this just don't look good. Cam, what do you kind of attribute? Those first quarter run, because you know last year it was down 30 at halftime. This year it was the same deal. What do you feel like spiraled out of control in those games? Uh, I'd probably say um, I mean it was it was close in the first, but it kind of got away toward the end of that quarter. It's crazy, man. I can't even remember the game, man, because we was losing so bad. It's, um, we just missed. We 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 missed a lot. I know our two guys. I know they wanted to. Shoot a lot better and hit a whole lot of more points. Uh, so, I, so I know they're very upset about that. But uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really know, man. Denver hats off to them, man. They came out and played well on the road. That was that was big time. Like all they guys actually came out and played well, and it was tough. Uh, it was just a little slow tonight. And what can you say about the past three games that have helped? spark the the offense and what exactly did Denver do to take the other guys out but leave you open to basically do whatever you could to help save this team season? Uh, well, my thing was just to try to push the pace, try to get us going a little bit quicker. Um, the first two games, we were kind of like playing kind of slow over there in Denver. Um, I just, I mean, I didn't know three was going to go out, but when I, when I had the opportunity, my, my thing was just like push the pace. Like from watching on the side, like, man, we can get a couple more easy baskets. I still feel like we could have got a lot more easy baskets. Um, I wish we would have got a lot more easy baskets because that's what Denver did. They got a lot of easy ones. I feel like we worked for everything, uh, like literally everything. It really wasn't no easy baskets for us, I don't think. Um, but, man, I just wanted to push the pace, try to kind of try to give us a little energy change, the energy change, the swag of the gym swag of the team. I, I don't know. I just try to play faster. Uh, Cam, at some point, Coach Monty said it was about trying to keep those spirits up in the game. What are the discussions like between the players when it's tough trying to push through to keep the spirits up? Uh, I mean, we always say, man, let's get some stops. Like, like that's, the, that's the way. I feel like that's what fuel our offense, which is like the, 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 the great talk we need as a unit. Um, but we kind of got to go out there and do it a little bit more. Like, we, we say it a lot. Like, it's crazy. We all know what we want to do, know what we're supposed to do. And, like, when we go out there, it's, I don't know, they kind of get a basket and we kind of hang our head, which is, I mean, it's, it's the NBA. Like, 
they got guys that's going to score. Like, Jokic hit 51 games, so you can't really hang your head. You just got to keep playing. Um, so, I mean, it's just the rallying, man. We got to rally a little bit more together, uh, really, really talk it out um, as a team. That's it. Cam, just for you personally, how difficult was it, if at all, just to come back and be in the role you wanted to coming back from the back injury you had? What did you say? I missed it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Was it difficult for you at all to come back into the role you wanted to with the back injury you had? Um, I mean, a little bit. Obviously, I wasn't playing. I was just kind of sitting and watching. I mean, during the regular season, a little bit different. Uh, but it was playoffs, and, you know, it's a lot It's a lot more physical, things like that. Like, you know, I was a little fatigued. Um, couple of those games. It was like a little short spurs, but like C went out, so I had to play longer. So it was just a little different for me. I wish I would have played a lot better. Uh, but I mean, tonight I came out and played all right. It just took a couple games for me. I, I just wish we were still playing to really show y'all I got a little bit more to me. Thanks, Dan. That was Monty Williams, Kevin Durant, and Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne, I felt like, was said exactly, you know, what we are all feeling, I think. Not not that Monty and, and Kevin Durant didn't, per se, but the thing that stuck out to me the most out of everything that was said was Cameron Payne. He said, the three ball was working for me tonight. I felt good. I was shooting good. And out of all the nights, is working. It just had to be tonight. And I feel like for him... It, you can go both ways. Like, like he felt like he he had to, you know, he had to be good tonight. And unfortunately, the one night that he felt good, that he was playing good, none of the other team was, and it didn't even matter. Like, that's what I feel like he was saying. You know, it was all working, and it didn't even matter. It, you know, or and and part of it, I feel like he was wishing that maybe he was in the flow. Like he know he he knows he can. Like we know he can. Um, and, you know, kind of wishing that maybe some of it would have come earlier because maybe, because maybe they would have, you know, one in five or, you know, a, a, a campaign is, as good as he was. I want to say last night, it wasn't even last night. It's been a couple of days. Um, as good as he was, um, Thursday night, um, that he, uh, um, I think he obviously feels like, you know, they would have won the series, you know, because you had an excellent, um, uh, Kevin Durant and and uh, Devin Booker, at pretty much every game, but, um, uh, but. Uh, Thursday night, and then you, if you had any kind of consistent, you know, 20s, whatever, uh, for campaign, like like he believes he can, and again, like we know he can, then probably w wins some of those games that they lost. At least, at least two of them, which is what you needed. Um, and and then that that's that's rough. Um. So then now the big question is is, is what what's next? Uh, this is gonna kind of feel kind of kind of length lengthy, but um, this is Kel Kellen Olson. 
who you heard from asking some questions, and then his uh, his good buddy, um, but hosts a podcast with him called Empire of the Suns, Kevin Zimmerman. Uh, they talk about what's next. They talk about the season. They talk about the game. This is fresh right after uh, the game, uh, so some of their thoughts. But you know that that's the question now, and that's the title of this podcast: What's next for the Suns? Um, and so that's where we're going to get into. And we also have some some exit interviews that we're going to get into after this. So take it away, Kellen and uh, Kevin. Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. Hello, Kevin. Deja vu? Eh. Nah. Eh. I don't know. I, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, we are here at the end of the Suns season. Uh, for the second straight year, it is a blowout loss at home, which is why Kevin is asking that question, and we'll answer it here in a bit. 126 to 100? Five. I believe 125 to 100 was the final score. Uh, just a quick 90-second recap of the game. Suns are kind of in it at the start, a little bit, like campaigns hitting shots, and Jock Landale's getting really, really physical with Jokic, and it looks like there's some paths to success moderately and then all of a sudden Denver goes on a 23 to 2 run in the last 410 of the first quarter and then in the second quarter similar ish kind of quarter where the Suns are still are seeing some success with a couple of different things they cut the deficit down to 15 and then I believe it was a 21 to 6 run again in like the last four minutes last four and a half minutes last 446 uh, was a 21 to 6 spurt to leave it at Yes, a 30-point halftime deficit, the same as Game 7 against Dallas last year. And, again, they were booed off the floor, which, hey, man, if you're down 30 at half in an elimination game at home, you are going to get booed. Yeah. What would you think? No Chris Paul, uh, no DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, that matters. Context matters. I mean, it just it just felt like the bottom fell out for the reasons of Denver's really good, man. Um Jokic missed three shots all game. Somehow Jock Landale finished with the plus seven. I have no idea how that's mathematically possible. But, like, he wasn't stopping that dude. It turns out this two Suns wins in this series were really just Denver's intensity, focus, physicality wasn't there. Their physicality on offense, I thought, tonight was even more shocking than what it was on defense. Like, the shots, the Suns just missed a lot, it felt like. But, like, their offense was just punching you in the face over and over again. And, like, I I already thought that they were probably going to be the favorite coming out of this, like, in the whole NBA. But now I'm like, okay, well, if they if they can switch into that gear, man, that team's really good. And, look, the Suns were down people, and that's what happens. I don't know what they could have done in this one. It wasn't as listless. Is that the right word to use as – like not understanding why the Suns are just floating around against the Mavs last year. They weren't in a haze. The way that I described it in the recap was it looked like they were randomly dropped into a basketball situation and then the whistle blew. Yeah. It just looked like they didn't even know where they were in that game. This did not look like that at all. And I got lambasted on it for Twitter, but if I would have said the sky is blue, I would have gotten lambasted on Twitter tonight. So <laughs> I don't think it mattered much. You'll be fine. I'm we'll great. Be fine. I'm doing good. I shouldn't say um, I'm doing great on the – <laughs> episode of the season. Now everyone's going to get mad at me again, just like they were last year. What yeah. else is new? Um, it, so in this game, I, I agree with you. And like Kevin Durant said after the game, 
if he provides context, it's just going to sound like an excuse. And I feel like that right now in saying, but if you've been listening to the podcast all season, if you've been just listening during the playoffs, if you've just been listening since Kevin Durant got here, all I've been talking about is their ability to assimilate mid-season and really mid-postseason. That's what it turned into when they only played eight games. This is why we made such a big deal out of the length of his injury, his ankle injury, and how little time it was going to give them in the regular season and how it was basically going to force them to adapt, figure out how to play with him in the middle of the postseason. You and I had theories, and I mainly had this theory on my own, that the Clippers series was the best thing that ever happened to them because they saw all these different types of defenses. They got uber-physical guards on them that had them tested in a way where it felt like they could have really learned something and progressed. But ultimately, they just did not learn a lot uh, enough, and flat out just Kevin Durant was not good enough for this entire series. I think he's going to end the series at shooting 20% from three, and I found it interesting that he said like he, he doesn't really shoot a lot of threes normally, and he felt like he used the word chucking with threes specifically. And I tried to ask him in a way as a follow-up to the excuse thing, like, I'm not trying to give you an excuse. I know you've been asked this a lot because he has been asked it a lot the last couple of weeks, like eight games. And then he's like, I don't know. We're fine. I feel good. I feel like I know everything in the offense and all that kind of stuff. But clearly he was not able to find a rhythm. Clearly he was not able to be comfortable. The way that he said it, and I thought he said it well, was just in, it was in spurts for him yeah. when he felt comfortable. And it was really over the course of a game. And, and what I can't get out of my head, uh, Kevin Zerman, with this thought is that Remember how easy it looked for him in those first three games? Yeah. And what are the reasons why? One, horrible team. Teams they were playing. Really bad. (laughs) The Bulls, the Hornets, and the Mavericks. Uh, But two, the horribleness of those teams allowed him to just really play free in those situations. No one can play free in the playoffs. Like You you cannot have that kind of feeling. You are constantly suffocated by the defense. My goodness, we didn't mention this yet, Kevin. Um, Eddie Gonzalez had a good tweet in which he compared it to when you're playing 21 and someone's at 19 and like you're getting double, triple team basically. If you look at some of the screenshots in this game when Booker and Durant start to get into the lane or rise up for a shot, there's almost always two guys around them and then the backline defender, Jokic or Gordon, whoever it is, is like right there at the rim waiting for them. And it was just a really great game plan from Denver. I think we spent far too much time talking about how, wow, Booker and Durant could combine for 90, anything could happen, instead of talking about how Denver could prevent that because of who was going to be playing. Campaign stepped up really well. He had 31 points. At one point, he had 19 of the Suns as 41 to like still have it at a game in the second quarter before that second run came. I thought Jock Landale did, did okay. He did, he did fine. But no, no one else was able to step up tonight. No one else was comfortable enough to step up, um, and, and that was really what what doomed them because that was Denver's entire game plan was if you guys are going to hit absurd, amazing shots for four quarters over three guys, go ahead. But if you don't, your other guys are going to have to make plays consistently. They didn't really come close to doing it. And on top of that, Booker and Durant weren't able to do anything positive when they tried to. Like, both of them played bad tonight. I mean, you deserve a lot of credit for being on the – I mean, you were there. You kind of saw the injury more than us um, watching – from Phoenix in game five. For Devin Booker. For Devin Booker, yeah. did not look right. And you were trying to press him on it. He kept saying he was fine. 
Monty basically said, I don't know either, but he's pro- basically was like, he's probably hiding something. So we, we and- pressed Book on it after game five in Denver, but you're referring to Monty tonight. Uh, Book did not talk tonight. Very uncharacteristic of him. Pretty much ever since he has been the guy in Phoenix, so like for the last six years, he's talked pretty much every time. Like, look, there's a game or two that has come up over, like for anyone else, where he's just like, yeah. And at one point, like this year, there was one game where he joked, he's like, can I have a pass tonight or can I get skipped tonight? And then we were all kind of, I I am the type of person to begrudgingly be like, yeah, that's fine, man. Everyone else is like, it is your obligation and duty. We are journalists with a capital J and all that kind of stuff where I'm just like, yeah, human beings, like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Um, so he's he's never done that, to be clear, but it has to be tweeted out, especially in a time like this, because it's just it's just There's his no obli- Devin Booker comments. You're just putting it out there. But it's his, it's his obligation. I'm, I, I just wanted to leave it at that. And we had, we had to mention it, because we would look like... Um, we would be contradicting ourselves if we didn't bring it up, you know, when we brought it up for other people. But, yeah, I mean, that mattered, too. That was context of this game where Monty even said, like, this guy's not looking like himself, D- said didn't have the same pop, um, wasn't turning corners, wasn't attacking the glass, wasn't pushing in transition. And, you know, when you see a gap like this whole series, he had been like, oh, I'm punching it. I'm going in that gap. I'm getting into the lane. Um, he played it gear. The, I use the gears analogy, metaphor, whatever you want to call it, in the recap. And I think he went beyond gear three like a couple of times tonight, but he was mostly cruising. He picked up his 40, dribble on a hard hedge once, and it's like, I haven't seen you pick up a dribble in forever. The, La- the Landale one where it led to a turnover in the I second quarter? I think so. We could be talking about different ones because it happened so many times. But yeah. there was one, yeah, where the hedge came, and he immediately picked up his dribble and just tossed it to Landale. And it's like, this is And isn't... then Landale turned it over, and to your point, like, that that's not him. That's not him. He was deferring in, like, 12 assists, scored 12 points. Obviously, elimination game. People are going to be up on the... Twitter's bad place right now. Don't go there if you're a Suns fan. Um, just putting out his elimination game numbers there. But, yeah, man, I, I think that's a really important piece to this too. And at the end of the day, um, I don't know how much more we have on this game. It's time to – Well, part of part of what I was – and we went too long, but part of what I was going to – what I was talking about with people before the game, people asked me, like, what I thought about tonight was I think that if Denver is the team to channel uh, the great – late Dennis Green, if they are who we thought they were, the Nuggets, they'll come out here and make a statement because I think it's easy enough to say don't let them get to a game set when anything can happen when you're a amazing, like one of the best home teams of all time so far, and we'll see how their postseason run goes because um, they lost game four against Minnesota, but then they won all three home games in this series, and we'll see how the rest of their run goes, but the regular season was phenomenal for a home team. And they, and they very well could go down as one of the best home teams of all time. But it's easy to – it is difficult to avoid that trap of not falling into the trap yeah. of a trap game. And they – and what I was telling people was, like, if they're really the team that looks like the prohibitive favorites right now for the title, which I believe they are now, um, and I believed it a couple of games ago, honestly, they'll come out here and just, like, take care of business. And I didn't know what take care of business meant. Would they win by 10? Would they win by 30? Would they win by 40? I didn't know, but that first quarter, man, it was a haymaker of like, yeah, we're the best team in the world. And for those of you watching right now at home who don't think we are, we're the best team in the world. Nikola Jokic was out of this world for the whole series. It was a absolute treat to watch him. It reminded the only two guys that I've seen come close to playing in that level in a postseason uh, series that I've covered, and it's only 
eight or nine or whatever at this point. But Giannis in the finals, obviously, and I don't think that's going to go away from the number one spot anytime soon. Book this postseason, obviously. But then Jokic in this one, like he was out of this world. And Jamal Murray had one bad game, but other than that, he was tremendous. Like he was really good. And then Contavious Caldwell Pope gives you 17 in the first quarter of this game. Michael Porter Jr. gave them 14 in, in, the, in the, the first quarter of the previous game. KCP had the big threes in game two. Aaron Gordon had the huge game in game one. They are just a really, really good team, and there's a really, really bad tweet going viral right now from a Denver beat reporter. But his point, at least on the Denver side, is sound, that they are just a excellent team. Yeah. They are just a really, really good team. I haven't talked about this on the pod yet, but Michael Porter Jr., his defense wasn't good tonight, but he has been – way better defensively than I expected and what I thought. I thought he had made some progress from what I the limited amount that I had seen, but I did not think that he was at a point where you could call him a good playoff defender, and he was in this series. Jamal Murray made it work. Nikola Jokic made it work, and then of course Gordon and KCP were spectacular, and Bruce Brown, the scorer, came up in this series. He was a scorer again tonight. He was the nuisance he kind of was like a a clipper guard that just didn't get on the clipper somehow like he was that version of that kind of player christian brown had some moments jeff green had some moments like everyone for them really had those kinds of moments i like how you're we've gone too long went a lot longer on that it's okay it's important to point out the nuggets are good they're excellent yeah do you think this is what's weird is this Suns team went from they used to be matchup hunting to like they were just picking on Michael Porter Jr. two years ago. They would pick on Nico, like Jokic. They did none of that that I like blatantly noticed. Like they went at Jokic pick and roll sometimes, but it just didn't it's weird. It's like they didn't have a plan. They just ran stuff. Like there was one game where they double dragged him to heck and it worked, and then they just didn't go back to it. I just – how this team operates on offense, and that's where the Chris Paul factor is. Like, I know the pace is really good, but I think they missed him is what I'm saying. No, they missed him a ton. Uh, they missed DeAndre a lot, specifically with the Jokic matchup. It was just, like, so easy for Jokic tonight, again, due to how great he is. But it was there. Um, we should wrap pretty soon. We're getting stared at by people now. I think we have to get off the court now. Um, what did you – what are, like, off-season things you're looking at here before we go? Exit interviews tomorrow. We will podcast next week before the season like, kind of unofficially ends. But uh, I don't want to be on head coach watch. Question has to be asked after two endings like this. It's going to be asked. It matters because there's a new owner. We don't know how he acts. Um, I don't think Monty has any blame in how they went out in this one. Like, maybe this game. But I, I think he doesn't deserve to get canned because this team didn't succeed if that makes sense i think this team was flawed circumstances cropped up that were not in his control like i think it's tough your phone's on the floor or something yeah i noticed um i <laughs> i don't think he should be fired i think that he should be on like the proverbial quote-unquote hot seat going into next year um yeah. we already talked about da last episode i don't think it makes sense to get rid of chris i'll tease that for next week um but yeah before we go Big shout things. Before we go, shout out to the GOAT. Al. The absolute GOAT of all GOATs. Al McCoy calling his last yeah. games night. Slight tidbit. I don't think I've shared this anywhere before. I wanted to be Al McCoy when I was growing up. Ooh. I wanted to call games. And if you want to call games, 
and you're a kid growing up loving basketball in the Valley, who else would you rather be? And Al McCoy. He I used to do to like, him, you yeah. know, the big sheets that they make when they draw in all the stuff on them, like the details and the notes and stuff. I used to make those as a kid. Yeah. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be Al. So it was great to be in the building for his final moments. I'm going to go back and watch them tonight and cry yeah. when I watch them. That's what I'm going to do. It's like, oh, we're working in the media room, and it has this whole career around here. There That's are pretty way dope. harder working people than us right now who are trying to finish their job here, getting off the court. So we're yeah. going to go do that now. Thanks for listening, everyone, throughout yes. the course of the season. Again, we'll be back next week to kind of wrap everything up. So um, the, the greetings and stuff back then. But, yeah, I'm we're sure it caught the camera caught all this. Yeah. yeah. Goodbye. Yep. So that's where we're headed. What's what's next? Um, and they brought up a valid point um, as it pertains to uh, Monty Williams. Should he get fired? Um, I talked a lot about you know what you know what my thoughts are. What's next on the uh, Facebook page of of the show, the uh, um, Big Sky Sports Talk Facebook page. Um, please uh, like and follow that page if you don't mind. Uh, I went live. I, I gave you guys a live video because I was I knew that I wasn't going to be able to um, podcast now. Like I said, I have guests in the house and trying to be a little bit more considerate. Podcasting so late, you know, my, my mom and JD they sleep right through it, and well, my aunt she she never sleeps. So you know, what what's what's the use there? But I, my cousin and uh, a big family friend is also in town so I wanted to be considerate so I haven't done anything until um this morning it is Saturday I didn't even do my intro I just felt like boom let's just jump right into it um but uh you know the firing of Monty Williams is is a big question does he deserve to be you can make a case for that he that he does especially if you consider uh last year as well um, there were factors beyond his control this year, but I don't think he coached the best during this, this, this series. I know, um, Kevin Zimmerman and, uh, Kellen Olsen just said, you know, maybe they're this game you can judge by, but you know, I think they're wrong. I, I think, um, every loss for the Suns just was not good coaching decisions by Monty. Some of them were out of necessity. Oh, oh, um my sister's called me back, but I'll uh have to get that later. Um but anyway, um I always joke that if I did that that I would talk on the phone and they would just be part of the show. Um but we're not going to do that this time. Um and so anyway, uh Back to Monty Williams. Uh, I I don't I personally don't think so. But what I'm doing, and I mentioned this to again friend of the show Heath from Tillman's Corner Sports Talk. He asked me. He said, "Now that you've watched it, now that you slept on it, what what are your thoughts?" I said, "Man, it was just a terrible game. Excuse me. It was just a terrible game from beginning to end." And back-to-back, uh, -back, you know, terrible endings on your home court. And uh, if if I'm Matt Ishbia, he has no ties to any... He hasn't hired a single person, been a part of hiring a single person. 
So that that's the other thought process of, you know, what is he going to do? I, I think he needs to do something dramatic, but I don't know if he will. But if I'm Matt Ishbia, this is what I'm doing. I'm bringing not one at a time, both men, um, James Jones and Monty Williams. Then this is what I'm saying. Gentlemen, good to speak with you today. Go ahead and have a seat. Here's what I want to talk to you about. Back-to-back losses on our home court. Embarrassing losses. Elimination losses. We, we've given you a contract extension. I think for the most part, and it's up to you, gentlemen, that we're going to stick by that. We want you here. We like you here. I think you've done some great things over the years. Uh, but this exit cannot happen again. It, it, it just cannot happen again. We need to figure out what's going on, where's the disconnect, and we need to address it. Am I clear? And, and they're, the only applicable response is yes, sir, and a crystal clear. And, and that's what I'm saying if I'm at Ishbia. It, it, it cannot happen again. Um, and then, you know, wish them well. I, you know, have, a, have a good off season. We'll address it at the appropriate time. We're going to make some moves. But, you know, boom. And that's what I would do. Um, <laughs> I might even do, go down the line. Uh, uh, you know, I, I would. Uh, it, and, then, and then if I'm Monty Williams and James Jones, I'm bringing a couple key players in. And... Uh, I'm 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 starting with uh I'm starting with Chris and I'm saying CP you know you've been great um but I think what it's time for us to move on um this is the you know and just talk about the contract or whatever and uh you know and then that's what I would do. I just I don't know how else I would say it, but it, you know I I talk to Chris and say hey thank him for his time and move on. And I think that's what you have to do with Chris Paul. Then on DeAndre Ayton, I, I would like it would be a brutal conversation if, if you know if I'm Monty Williams and James Jones speaking with DeAndre DeAndre and I'm be like Don, DeAndre take a seat. Um, I understand that you have rib contusion, but this past series um, has been atrocious by you. You have to figure out to be more physical. We're not asking you to um, match blow for blow with a two-time MVP. You're not there yet. We, We had hoped that you would. We gave you a max contract. Um, because we, you know, we believe you can be, but DA, you have to, you have to compete. You have to show a level of, uh, competition. And right now you don't, uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do, but we're thinking, you know, we're thinking about moving on DA. Just, just want to let you know right now, we're thinking about moving on. Um, if you know, but we're not going to lose out on a deal. You know that this is a business DA, but, uh, if we don't get what we want then then we'll keep you but if we keep you we you've you've got to you've got to improve in every aspect thank you for your time da 
Uh, and and that's what I do, especially those two gentlemen. And th- those those three individual conversations with all four of those men's men's gosh, all four of those men, James Jones, Monty Williams, DeAndre Ayton, and Chris Paul. Um, you know that that's where it has to start. And then if you you know you want to bring Cameron Payne into this, hey Cam, um. You were you were great in that finals run, that season. Had a down year. You picked it up a little bit. You were injured this year, but we we got you know we got to have more from you as well. And and, and you know just kind of downline and everybody else you know it's you 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 can hit or miss. But you know I guess if you want to include uh, Cameron Payne, you know so those five men you you talk to and I, I don't know. What exactly you, you you say, and I don't know what's going to happen. Does Chris Paul retire? You know, do, uh, I don't know. You have you have uh, um, you have uh, Kevin Durant uh, for this upcoming season. Um, of course, you're going to have Booker, and so you know, do you, do you kind of say, hey, we're going to give you guys um, one year, yeah, back to Monty Williams and and James Jones. Because it wasn't, you know, you didn't have a full year of Kevin Durant. He, when you got him, he he's injured, and then he injured again, um, you know. And and then if you think about moving on from Da, you know, what can you get from Da? So like, once you have things more and set in stone, and you have the team the way you want it at the beginning of the year, then you you go from there, and then and then you make your decision. Hey, you're not going to be fired at all throughout the season, but. At the end of the season, if we're not where we want to be, then then you kind of let them know that that's that's what the the deal is. Um, we have some exit interviews. I wish I would have saved them because I'm I had a hard time finding them, um, finding all of them, and um, the only one I've found up to this point is. Um, is uh, Chris Paul, um, and um, I know it's an hour and in. Um, I think some of these are obvious, but I should be saying them all the times. Sound credits up to this point, uh, Bally, uh, no, 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 not Bally Sports. Um, um, ninety-eight-seven FM for both the Kevin Zimmerman and the Al's Last Call. And then uh, Suns.com, Suns YouTube page for um, the uh, post game, And then uh, this Chris Paul um, exit interview uh, is Burn City Sports. So we'll go ahead and start with uh, Chris Paul. The way the series went without you, you know, it's always tough. You know what I mean? It's what it is. Was that... How close were we getting to coming back? Because clearly you were doing some pre-game workouts. You the workouts seemed to be getting even more and more thorough. How close were you to getting back out there? I was getting close, but it's, it don't matter now. Is it frustrating when you are getting so close to that point that you're dealing with an injury that typically takes a little bit more time than you're allotted in this circumstance? Yeah, you know, we train, we practice and all that to, you know, be in these moments. And any time you can't be out there to help your team, is, is tough, so. How would you evaluate the way the season's gone? You guys had so many things happen off the court to start the year, and then you have the midseason trade. It just felt like 
one thing after the other in terms yeah, of Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, you know. Um, but uh, we we all know we came up short. You know I mean? So we got to regroup, see what's next. Chris, with all your time, Lee, how do you approach days like today so, uh, with the good buys and everyone knowing the uncertainty an offseason brings for every team? Um, always tough. Uh, spend a lot of time together with everybody here, and everybody's been amazing. So. Um, you learn to control what you can control in these situations and be, be grateful for the for the opportunity. You mentioned coming up short. Do you still view the season as a success, or how do you view the season from your perspective? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I definitely get a chance to play basketball every day. So that's my way of life. <laughs> that's a that's a blessing. You know what I mean? So, um, like I said, we gotta we gotta regroup and see what's next. Chris, in what areas do you guys need to improve for next season? You know, it's funny you do these interviews one day after, you know, the season. You ain't even had time to analyze what's, what's what, you know what I mean? So I think we'll take some time, you know, and figure figure all that stuff out. After the trade was made, did you feel rushed to try to make it work? I don't know, Dwayne. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I know y'all got a job to do or whatever and all this stuff. But like, right now, it's just you trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out I'm getting back to LA for my son's tournament this weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean? So What about your season? You had injury early, came back, injury late. Yeah, it's tough, man. That's it's part of professional sports. You know what I mean? And it happens. Unfortunate. You don't want it to. You know what I mean? You hoop. You do I doubt yeah, I'm, I'm retired, I'm okay, 71. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I used Respect. to. I used Respect. to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you if it happens, you try to heal up as fast as possible and you get back at it. That's the only thing you know, I'm trying to do and what anybody is trying to do. But it's frustrating for you, I imagine. I mean, you're definitely not happy about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, do you, how do you prepare for going through it another year and trying to get your body right for another eight You just do it. <laughs> Does it get harder as you get older? How do you how do you change the training? Uh, I don't know if it gets harder as you get older. I mean, how old are you? I mean, like I said, I'm grateful, you know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of people who would love to be in this situation, you know, to be able to play basketball every day. I'm 38 years old, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can call it what you want to, but I come in, I work hard every single day, you know what I mean? And I'm not going to act like I'm here by luck or something like that, right? Like I put the work in and put the work in for a long time. And so you can analyze, say whatever you want to about it. But for me, it's not hard because it's the work and not everybody want to do the work. A lot of people want to talk about it and analyze it and do this and do that about it. But all I do is put my head down and do the work. And when you do that, I can, I can live with the results. Chris, you've seen. Oh man, just the group of guys that we had. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I, I can't explain to y'all. Like for Monty, I played for him 11, 12 years ago to reconnect with him for the last three years. Uh, Devin, who has been just amazing to learn from, to play aside with, play aside from uh, so many different guys on the team. I could talk about Josh Kogi, who played in my AAU program and is now my teammate. You know what I mean? So. Uh, all the different ties within the team, you know, and then KD, who I've known since he was probably like 14, 15, 
you know, I was working in five-star camp with music, and now we teammates and getting a chance to play with that greatness. So uh, I keep saying it over again. I, I get to play basketball every day and say that's my way of life, you know, and get to play it at a high level, you know. No, nothing to those that hoop at, you know, the lunchtime runs and stuff. That's cool. I, I, I may do it at some point, but I get to play basketball in the NBA every day right now, so I'm... I'm grateful. Chris, you saw Book's start of his postseason career and just to see the playoff performances that he was putting up this year, what was, what was that like for you? I mean, I expected it. You know, I know I know who Devin is at the core. You know what I mean? So I think the hardest part for me was not being able to be out there and help him in those situations. But um, Book knows, he knows me. He knows where my heart is. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, you know, we got to keep figuring it out. You mentioned, putting, too. you mentioned putting in the work. How was that different for you this year? Obviously spending a little bit more time off the ball and kind of adjusting to a different goal. It was, it was cool. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, you don't play 18 years in this league at a high level and not understand how to adjust and adapt with the game. I, I've been in this NBA a lot longer than some of the people been covering. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I remember when the games ended and 80 to 85 scores, you know what I mean? So I don't talk about it too much, but I know this game just about better than anybody. You know what I mean? I put that up against anybody. So um, that's what's not gonna change, right? It's my knowledge of the game and I'm gonna keep putting in the work. You know what I mean? So if you're mad at it, you hate it, that's on you. Fuck <laughs> it. Do you expect me back next year? Um, do I what? Do you expect me back here next year? My contract not up, but I, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, I'm not the, the GM or anything like that. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Chris. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, his contract's not up. He signed four year. I, I think he, you know, it's more of like a, this this next year is, is like an option if I'm, if I'm correct in that. And so, you know, it's kind of what he was saying at the end. He said, I'm not the GM. So Chris wants to be here. I think it could be valuable for him to be here, but you don't, you know, you don't bring a guy like that off the bench. Like I was asked, uh, you know, uh, about Heath again. I know there's a lot of conversation with Heath, but you know, he asked me a lot of good questions. So he asked me about CP, and I, I told him I said I think, I think for this series alone, see, you know, CP is not the answer. I think, you know, the the Suns need to be faster, and CP is just not fast. The greatest strength of Chris Paul sometimes can be his greatest weakness and his IQ, and he just said it. I, I believe, you know, he's not cocky. I think he's absolutely correct. I think he knows the game better than anybody, better than anybody. And his basketball IQ is off the stinking charts, absolutely off the stinking charts. And sometimes when you see him get frustrated, it's because he knows the game so well that the other person is wrong, you know, the official or whatever. And and so it, and and so he's always thinking. That brain is always going for Chris Paul, and I think it slows him down sometimes. And I, I think that's his greatest weakness. And and they needed it to be faster. Um, but if you bring him back, do you you know do you bring him off the bench? You know, like. 
can you do that? Like, I mean, there's some veterans that you can do and they accept that role. But I don't know if you do that with Chris Ball. He's so great, you know. But maybe you do. Maybe you want that off the bench. It'd be like a reverse psychology. You have someone that's okay that starts, and then you you bring Chris off the bench, and, like, you you either grow, you know, that maybe that lead slips a little bit, but you don't lose it, and then Chris Paul helps you grow that lead. I, I don't know what you do. Um, but his contract is not up, and I I, I, I really don't know. It's, it's a big head-scratcher. Um, this is not the order that obviously they they did these exit interviews, but I'm just going because I had a hard time finding them, and now they're starting to show up. So I'm just going to go as I see them, all from Burn City Sports. So Monty Williams, let's go ahead and go with him next. Since the game ended to this morning, but have you had a chance to even process it? Process it? Yeah, I mean you process how poorly you play. You know, that's something that you can't hide from. And uh, when it comes to a screeching halt like this, it's it's a, uh, it's a tough thing. Uh, you said the same thing to the players. You know, it's like being on a ride, a bumpy ride, but you enjoy it. And when it comes to a screeching halt, it's like everybody just flies all over the place and just trying to figure out what just happened because it just comes to us a stop that you don't expect and um, that part is um, hard but you know, it is part of the NBA season um, 29 teams are going to feel that at some point and, um, processing it in detail is something that takes time but you know, right now I think that's what everybody feels when you just look at after the trade was made in that time frame and then Kevin losing for three weeks because he was hurt did it feel like a rush the whole time of trying to get all of it to work even going into the playoffs and even during the playoffs? I just, I, you know what, I, I can't use that as an excuse. You know what I mean? I, it's my job to put it together. Um, you can ask questions and say, did we have enough time? Did all those things um, may be valid, but I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think uh, it's, it's my job to make it work and make guys comfortable and you know at the end of the day um, most of that is offensive driven Uh, it shouldn't affect your defense Uh, it shouldn't affect transition and so from my perspective uh, we had enough time to get things done and uh, we just didn't. Monty as a coach what are you trying to achieve on a day like today with your advice? Just talking to the guys um, thanking everybody for uh, the focus that we had, we had a number of distractions uh, starting last summer. I mean, you could name <laughs> the things that came up um, over the course of the summer and then into the season, a lot of changes. And our guys just maintained our culture. Um, the coaches brought it every day. And, and you want to make sure everybody knows how much that is important and how much we have to um, further that and, and cement it. With whomever comes in here that might be new, that, that's something that we have to hold on to. And then you just want to get a chance to see everybody after the emotion settle a little bit uh, before everybody goes their separate ways or you know, you're on a different schedule now. So you get a chance to talk a little bit with them, um, 
kind of process what happened and uh, then go forward. Is this a, something you get used to in the league at a certain point with just the amount of uncertainty that comes into it? Which guys will be back, which guys won't be back, things like that? I don't think you ever get used to it, to be honest with you. I think it's something that um, it's unique every year because of the team you have, uh, the experiences that come up over the course of the season, and then how you end. It makes it unique. No one ever wants to end uh, this way. And when you do, uh, again, it just makes it hard, but it also makes it a unique hard. And, um, I'm not quite sure you ever get used to it. Coach, I remember last year when I asked this question about where you felt the team could improve. You had mentioned you know, handling, the kid, handling the ball a little bit more. Is there anything with this group that sticks out in terms of could have done this better, we need to do this? Um, I mean, the, the things that I talked about last year, they did happen. You know, those guys got better. And um, I think going forward, um, it's going to take more time to evaluate that because we have um, such a different team and the style of play has changed. And I'm not quite sure um, that that's something that we all expected. You know, so that that's the part I have to try to address. Like, what is the style of play going to be going forward? Because um, it wasn't uh, as um, 0.5-ish in ball movement and body movement the way that we have been. So there has to be some of a, an adjustment there and try to figure out like what is best for um, the personnel that we have going forward. So. There's a number of things I could say, but I want to be careful with that. But I do feel like that that has to be something that um, is on the, the docket for the summer. So you mentioned it's difficult to say goodbyes and not yeah. have a sense of who's going to be here and who's not. Have you gotten a sense of like this organization looking at different changes with the way that the season ended? Or no, it's too ones? early for that. It hadn't even been 24 hours since we, uh, James and I, and we always take some time to let things settle before you start making major decisions like that. Obviously, there's some things that we have to address, but to try to do that right after a game, I think that would be a bit premature. Honey, the, uh, the last three postseasons ended the same way. The last two games of the postseason, you guys have underperformed and, and lost. Do you see a systemic problem here somewhere, or are they different reasons that just got the same results? Um, I, I wouldn't address it as systemic. I think anytime you lose in the playoffs, you're going to have the same feeling about it. Call it systemic. I think it's just part of competition and, and playing against the best teams in the league. And, it's, it's one of those things that <laughs> every team goes through it except one. And they're all feeling the same way. So if it was systemic, I guess it's systemic for everybody in the league except one team. So do whatever you want with that. You just have to try to figure out the things that you can get better at and, and work on it um, from a talent standpoint, from a system standpoint, from a style of play and that's what we want to do. Well, I, I mean, aside from the rest of the league, just looking at the Suns, 
you know, the last two games of the finals, the last two games of the Dallas series, the last two games of this series was the same results. So that's why I'm asking if there's a problem here that goes beyond because you're getting the same results. They're adjusting to you, they're doing things. Like last night, Nate, it looked like Denver really anticipated a lot of your passes and you had a lot of early turnovers. They're adjusting to what you do. So that's why I'm asking specifically. And that's why I just told you that every time you lose a game, you lose it for various reasons. Right. We didn't lose it against Milwaukee because they adjusted to our passing. We lost to Milwaukee because they beat us. And Giannis had 50 points. Uh, we lost to Dallas because they had a great night against us. Last night we lost because they adjusted. We didn't make shots. And we were playing in transition a lot. Um, if you're looking for someone to blame, you can look at me. So if you're gonna <clears throat> try to boil it down to one thing, don't think you can do that. Uh, the bottom line is we have been in the playoffs every year except one. And come up short, that doesn't mean it's systemic or that there's this one problem. I think it's something that happens in sports. You're playing against the best teams and you come up short and you try to address it and move forward. And so that's what we're going to do. Coach, your side? Last two. Last year, after game seven, we lost uh, to Dallas. Mm -hmm. Booker mentioned how the families of the players made sacrifices for them. Now it's time to make sacrifices for the families. Mm -hmm. Another day coming up, this is aside from basketball, what do you talk to the players about regarding family and how to regroup with them rather than just as basketball players, especially for the mothers. I think anytime you play in an NBA season, you're going to sacrifice a lot of time away from your families. And I can speak for myself, you know, all the kids I have and, and my wife, like they, they sacrifice a ton. And so the summertime is a time for us to reconnect time for us to sacrifice for them and with Mother's Day coming up it's a, a great time to you know show appreciation not just to your wife or your mom but others um, especially the players and so we always encourage our guys to fill their cup on off days but especially in the summer and uh, with Mother's Day coming up it's a great time to fill our mothers and, and wives and any mom that's in our life fill their cup in a way that is unique and special uh, because we are we're away a lot and um, I miss I know I miss out on a ton I've missed my kids learning how to walk I've missed teeth coming I've missed games and recitals and all that stuff and so when the summertime rolls around you want to make sure you're intentional with your time uh, and with Mother's Day coming up you want to make sure you're intentional on that day. Coach when you see how coach when you see how Teams do coaches in the offseason or even during the season, like a game, like Lake McMillan, like the way that happened. Do you even concern yourself with, as a coach, like future and all that as far as you personally or Because of the way the, the, the league is in this. You know what? It, it's something that um, I could sit here and give you the, you know, normal NBA speech, like I don't worry about my job and all that stuff. And it's not something I, I worry about, but it is part of the economy um, when you look at 
really good coaches um, who've lost their jobs shortly after winning a championship. Right. You know, that's something that is just different about um, our business. Um, but I, I've always felt like I have to do my job, not worry about it. But you do scan the landscape and see what's going on, and you know that it could be a part of anybody's tenure. You know, and so from my perspective, you do the best you can, and um, if things don't turn out the way you want them to, you can you can sleep and rest because you did the best you could, and that's all you can do. But I'm I'm not close-minded to what I've seen around the league. A lot of these guys have lost their jobs. They're good friends of mine, and um, I know types of coaches they are and the types of people they are. So it's just a part of our our NBA economy. Thank you, coach. Thanks again, coach. Appreciate the time. Yeah, um, that was Monty's exit interview. Obviously, you know nothing definitive. You know you can ask the questions. Uh, have you made it? To, you know you talked about who's going to be around, who's not going to be around. Uh, what do you do during this time? Obviously, Monty he's always about filling the cup. He, he mentioned you know filling the cup. It's Mother's Day coming up. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. Sorry I wasted an hour and 28 of your life and, and never said anything. I feel like an idiot. But that's, I guess, what happens when you don't do an intro or you just jump in and you get out of sorts. Um, you know, um, making, I, I was about to say, I'm not making an excuse. Well, I am making an excuse, but it uh, is also indeed the fact that, of course, um, you know, he can't think about what his his job security is. Um and then you, like I said, you look at you know Mike Budenholzer, uh, Coach Bud, just you know what he, it's year two years at, at being removed of winning it all, and he got fired. So, like I said, you can make case either way. Should Monty stay or should he? You know, should he go? And not to do that old song, should I say or should I go? But um, you know that that that's always a question. Uh, Damian Lee. We're going to jump to Damian Lee's exit interview next. Oh. Damian, what was, this, uh, what was this season like for you? You've been your first year here and just how it unfolded with the ups and downs, the trades, the injuries, and then now how the way the season ended. Yeah, um, first and foremost, thank y'all. I mean, it's, it's, it's been, a, for me personally, it was, I would say it was a, a successful season. Um, just knowing the journey that it took to get here. Um, taking a chance, obviously different organization was with Golden State the past four or five years. Uh, stepping out of that shadow that people tried to cast on me saying I was only in the league because of, you know, so-and-so and, you know, stepping out on my own, taking that leap and believing in myself. Um, obviously, credit to God for keeping me healthy throughout the entire season. That was one of my goals. But, I mean, you know, I, I always felt like I would have an impact here at some point. Granted, I didn't know it was going to be the first game of the year. Um, but, you know, I always felt like I would have an impact just coming to play with a group of guys that cared about the game, want to win, want to be successful. Um, and then, you know, we had some injuries early. Cam went down, Book went down, C went down, DA went down. Weather in that storm started to figure it out. And we made the trade and then it was like, all right, like, we got to try to figure it out as quick as we can. Then um, 
you know, KD gets back. We all know the story. He gets hurt, and we're still trying to figure it out. So, I mean, for what it was, I mean, obviously we we're here today. We we didn't take care of business, but I mean, from a personal standpoint, you know, I really felt like um, and credit to the coaching staff, um, for, you know, allowing me to be where I am and have success this year. And I really feel like you know solidified myself. Um, and that was my main goal, was to prove to myself that I belong, not to anyone else. Last year was your first time being in free agency. This year you'll be heading back towards there. I know it's a difficult question to answer with the business side of things, but is this somewhere where you can see yourself returning to? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, I love to hear, love, love the guys on the team. Like, but, you know, just like you said, like, whatever happens, happens. Um, good thing is we got some time for that to whatever happens let it all marinate and you know let the dust settle but you know really just reflecting on the the memories that we had as a team this past year is is really where my mind is you know right now obviously we're 12 hours out from the season ending but then spending time with my family um enjoying that getting ready for you know our second child so trying to uh I don't want to say make up for lost time, but just enjoy the time that I have. Cause last year we, my summer was only like two months, so now it's a little longer. Congrats on the second child. Appreciate. Uh, it. How do you go about reconciling, you know, like you said, the good times that you had getting to know this group of guys and the way that the season ended last night? Yeah, I mean it's basketball, so in the grand scheme of things, make or miss, lead. you don't make shots, you don't miss shots. Um, you do have to give Denver credit. Like that team's been together for almost four years, give or take. Um, they brought in pieces for their team that helped complement them. And I mean, they were the number one seed all year. So it wasn't like a shock that they beat us because they've had, you know, they've had that continuity and they've been together for so long. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like enjoying the memories. Like for me, it's about, the camaraderie, the fellowship, spending time on the plane, going out to get dinner, hanging out with guys, playing music before practice, after practice, like all that stuff. Like I always cherish those moments, no matter what team I'm on. Cause that stuff matters. Your playing career. Okay, well, Bron plays. Bron's at 20 years right now. All right, let's say he finishes in the next three or four years, five years. That's 25 years of playing. <laughs> you still got another 40. 50 years is still, you know what I mean? So just having those memories and those moments that you'll always be able to cherish and have building that brotherhood uh, that you'll have for life. Damien, to, Damien, to your point on proving yourself, you, you know what you're capable of better than anyone else, of course, but how gratifying was it for you through the course of the season to prove, prove that and just show, like, I can contribute on a winning team that is not that one in, in that situation and submit yourself like you put it. Yeah, I mean, just... I try to pride myself on just knowing the game and understanding the game and seeing where I can fit. I mean, the reality is I'm a role player in this league, and I don't shy away from that. I own that, and I see how I can fit with, you know, superstars, with great players, what team, what system, whatever that is. And that was the main reason coming here, like knowing I can help, you know, Devin Booker be better or get to his spot. Same thing with Chris, even seeing the growth with Mikhail that we had, and obviously, DA, but I've played with KD before I go to state. So, you know, just understanding that, being a student of the game, but then I think like cementing myself 
having that confidence coming into this season that I knew I was going to have a better year than I did last year from my own standpoint, like my own standards, the bar that was set for myself. Um, I mean, you guys know the numbers, like top, essentially top five all year, NBA three-point shooting percentage, like that's huge um, on a team that finished top four in the West and the number one three-point percentage in the fourth quarter all year. Like that stuff matters. That's not something that I'm like saying that, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Right. Like to like toot my own horn, right. but like yeah. that stuff to me matters because it's like like it put away all doubt that he's here for a favor. Like stepped out, you know, by the grace of God, came out. A lot of people counted me out. Thought, oh, go to Phoenix. He won't do anything. He'll fizzle out. But it's like you go there, you take a chance. You have a coaching staff, a front office that believes in you, teammates that encourage you, that give you. Confidence night in and night out, whether in the rotation or on the rotation, and things happen the way they do. Good time in the game's history to put up those numbers. <laughs> I'll let you tell. <laughs> so, to your point, uh, what was the camaraderie like on the road with you guys? How much time did you spend together off the court? Uh, a decent amount of time. I mean, whether it's like going out to dinner, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like that's one thing that's huge. And even um, you know, when Matt first got, when Matt Ishbia first, you know, took right. ownership. He was like, what things can we like add in to, you know, make this feel like more of, you know, brotherhood or just a family and having great fellowship so that all you have to worry about is basketball. And one of the suggestions um, that I had was just like team dinners. Like that was one thing that we did in uh, Golden State. Sure. We had team dinners almost every city that we went to. Um, you can invite friends, family that like live in that city. So let's say we go to. Atlanta, we have you know a spot that we go to, and you have family there. You can invite them over. Um, obviously, you know whatever the bill is, there's a certain max, you know, a number, a minimum that you have to hit. But just like having fellowship, but not always sitting with the guys on the team at the table. Maybe bringing some family, sitting with the training staff, sitting with some of the coaching staff, so you can really like get that family bond of like what did it take for you to get here? What did it take for me to get here? And how can we continue to help each other be better and not just on the court? So I'm gathering, he, he endorsed the idea. Yep, 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 he, he did. We, we had it the past couple of trips. Uh, like I said, like the past like four or five trips before the season ended, which yeah. was great. I mean, we all went, it was just a certain block time. You go out to eat from six to nine. You just show up, order off the menu, you hang out. Get some food, get something to drink, go back to the Yeah, you gotta bring in the writer. Exactly. <laughs> Damn, with those Damn. talking points about the fourth quarter and two thirds of the season, you being at the top of three point shooting percentage, then the last third fell out of the rotation. What exactly did you study besides guide hands, like you said earlier this season? What did you study to try to work your way back into the rotation with this team? Uh, it it wasn't really anything I studied to like work my way back in. I just know that it's the game. Like what goes around comes around. You can you can start for 20 games and then come off the bench for 20 games and not play for 20 games. It's, it's, it's just a flow of the season. And just understanding the landscape of where our team was at that time. Um, just made a trade, uh, arguably one of the biggest trades in NBA history. And it was in season. 
bringing on new guys, like gonna have to learn, gonna have to adjust as it goes. And for me, like I was making sure I always got my reps in. I, whether it was before practice, get here an hour before, get my work in. Whether it was after everyone's off the court and you guys were starting to head out, I was getting my work in. Like my main thing is just staying ready. Staying consistent, staying ready. Like I, I firmly believe in the work that I do. Um, daily deposit crew, as you see, but I mean, shameless plug, but I firmly believe in the work that's, that I've put in. It may look as simple work, it may look as monotonous, but every day just putting in the work and mentally envisioning myself in those moments. So when I get out there in the game, it's a seamless transition. Damien, did it feel rushed once the trade was made to, to try to figure it out before the postseason? Because the trade was made and he played a few games and he got hurt, it just felt, I mean, from an outside perspective, it felt like you guys were trying to rush to make this all flow with chemistry and all that. I wouldn't say rush. Okay. Um, I would say we just play the hand that we were dealt. I think it's, I mean, obviously if KD doesn't get hurt in warm-ups, things may be different right now. We may still be playing. If we didn't make the trade, things may be different. Who knows? Like, we can't live in the fantasy world. We're not on Earth 2. Like, we can't play guessing games of what happened. It's like, we just got to play the cards that we were dealt. And even the cards that we were dealt, I still liked our chances. I mean, it, at the end of the day, like, as much as we can look at, like, our team and did we have enough time? Could we grow? Could we get guys involved, guys in the rotation, out the rotation? Whatever way you want to look at it, Denver was better than us for four games. And that's really where it's like, like I said, it's no like knock on us or no like trying to downplay what they did. Like they were the number one team in the NBA all year. They have someone who is two-time MVP, could have won it again this year. Like he's, he's gonna go down as a great in this league and he's only what 28 29 and he can honestly play that way till he's 40 45 like so it's like as much as like we could have gelled we could have like done more things try to do things differently like i said we just played the cards that we were dealt and you have to give denver credit and their staff credit and you know just see what happens this summer and then going forward thanks a thought on who comes out the West. Um, tonight'll be interesting. <laughs> I think uh, if it goes seven, then it'll be interesting to see what happens on Sunday. Uh, the beauty of it is we're all gonna be on our couch at the bar <laughs> with a TV on, maybe have a beer, have a drink, something. We all gonna be watching and it'll, I know it's all gonna be great entertainment. Are you still a little partial to the word? I mean, I have ties. Yeah. I have <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, will you try and go out there to support the I family? The, yeah, I mean, if 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 they, well, Mother's Day Sunday, so that'd be, Correct. that'd be reckless. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's like, we got, we got, priorities. Exactly, you know what I mean? We got, we, we got, we got to keep that in perspective. But, um, you know, if they win tonight, and if they win Sunday, uh, for sure. I'll be out there. Uh, it became three and four. Yeah, yeah I'll be out there. Game three and four. It's family. I mean, got to. Yeah. But to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs>
I feel like, you know, there's the elephant in the room of who I would want to <laughs> come out. He answered the question. You we, know, know, we, we know who that is. We know who that is. Yeah, but like I said, I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for everything. Thank you. It's been a great year. And actually for y'all to see me as me, Damian Lee, Drexel University grad, University of Louisville alumni, like undrafted, like who I am and what I bring to a team of who I am, not any shadow or anything. Like I truly respect y'all, appreciate y'all for that. I love that from Damian Lee. That was that was really good. Um yeah, I and I like him as a player. You know, he has a lot to, to bring and you know, you can, you know, some people might wanna would argue, well, he's only he's only been successful because of Steph and being on the Warriors. But he has a lot to bring. I mean, his three point stroke is so so good. Um, I mean, he led the NBA for from downtown for a reason. He he can shoot it. It just uh, you know in and out of the rotation for whatever the reason. You know, just not as consistent, I guess. Um, and you guys have been listening to me every stat I've read. Damian Lee, you, you know, every time I read it, I'm like, man, I want a little bit more from Damian Lee. I, and I know he can bring a little bit more. He's a he's a dude that I would love to see. Uh, next year because I think he he can and will work on his game. I mean, a solid player <laughs> for being undrafted. So uh, let's go ahead with uh, Jock Landell. Jock, how tough was that ending to uh, mm. the season to have it go down like that? Yeah, it's, it was a brutal night. Uh, that's for damn sure. Um, I haven't ever lost in that fashion to close out a season. Um it's not something that's enjoyable or that I want to have to go through again, but um, you know, it's dealt with now and it's done and it's kind of sit on it and stew on it for a long period of time and you know, have some miserable days or you can, you can try and just you know, get on with living. So um, yeah, it's, it's just, it just doesn't sit well with me because it's, it, it's not an accurate insight into who we are as a team and that's what bothers me the most. Is, um, just felt like that that wasn't us and that's not the, the, the level of commitment and fight that we've shown all year you know we've been through some we've been through some serious dog days this year and, and you know injury reports seeing you know six seven guys on at one time and, and but like we we would still come out with a with a degree of competitiveness and tenaciousness and we would, we would get out there and compete to the last second and a lot of the times we'd lose but um, you know there was there was there was always that that dog that would kind of show through those through those nights and, and for whatever reason last night it just just didn't feel like it was all there and you know at the same time it's you know you can't fully put it on us it's a credit to Denver for being a well-drilled team who plays team basketball and, and it's tough to guard but um, I thought we should have won that game last night and I, I, I stand by that and, and we'll carry that with me until I can win another game uh, you know, in a couple of months time so yeah it, it's not a good feeling but um, yeah, we just do what we can to try and get over it. When you look at this team and the impact that you had how, how much would you like to be part of the continuation of this role? 100%. I, I love it here. Um, this is a group that I've enjoyed playing with, getting to know. Um, 
not not just the guys on the team, but the, the entire program. I think it's an extremely pre uh, professional club that, that does things at a high level, and, and, and I want to continue to be a part of that and grow with it, and, and you know one day win a championship with it. I think that that has morphed itself into being a, a, a serious goal of mine. Um, but there's a lot of things that happen between now and you know the start of the season, and, and some of it's out of my control. So. Um, yeah, it's 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 this is a this is a city and a fan base and, a, and an organisation I'd love to be a part of for for the rest of my career if I could. But um, you know, this is the league that we're in nowadays, and there's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns in, in, involved. So just wait on that call. You know, we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Jock, we were just talking to Damien, and for different reasons, I imagine he he talked about how this season he really felt like he proved himself, cemented himself, and like he belonged in the league was it a similar kind of season for you individually yeah I think so I think that um, I'm never gonna be complacent and feel as though that I'm a that I'm a proven product and, and that I can take my foot off the gas but um, I think it was a step in the right direction from where I was at last year with San Antonio being a player that didn't play um, you know no no games in, in in the public eye so i was relatively unknown um and this year i got to play on the world's biggest stage and and, and kind of go up against a two-time mvp and um you know give it my best crack so um i, I think that it's a step in the right direction i i think that i've done what i have to do to to you know get a deal that i'd like and um Hopefully, I can just continue to build on that going forward. And, and you know, it's for me, it's it's never about you know the you know for me, it's about the growth over my career as a whole. You know, I never really want to just be complacent with with where I'm at or contract I get or anything like that. It's it's, it's much more than that for me. And um, I want to win championships at, at, at all levels. So. Um, I'm just going to try and continue to build towards that by improving myself and, and, and um, just trying to become a better player as a whole. But, but in terms of whether or not I think I, I proved that I belong here, yes, I, I believe that I did that. And, um, and, and that was a small win for me this year. Yeah. Jock, when you go up against a guy like Jokic, who's a generational talent, and that exposes some things that players have to work on when I defend Mm. What are some of the things you learned trying to... Uh, um, look, I, I felt like I really held my own and, and, and did as good a job as I could have against Yoke. Um, I don't know what the numbers would be as a whole, but I, I feel as though that, that I definitely held him to um, something that I'm proud of. Uh, but the simple fact of the matter is with a guy like that, like... If you're going to play one-on-one -on -one coverage, it's very rare that you're going to be able to stop him from from getting the numbers that he was getting, and, and that was that was part of our game plan. Um, it's just for me, it was never about stopping him. It was never about you know having Yoke go you know a 12, 14 point night. That was I knew that that wasn't going to be the case from the start, and I knew that I was going to get probably berated for it from from the public and, and that was just going to be a part of the, the game plan but my job was to beat him up as much as possible to make him exhausted so that we could do the same to him on the other end of the court and if I look at the 
if I look at the job as, as that, I think I did the job. I think that there were times that we were looking at him and, and thinking he was tired. And, and um, you know, he said to me after the game, he said, you know, just continue to fight. Like, that's tough to go against for any player. So that was my mindset going in. But to, to, to learn from that experience, yeah, I learned, I learned shitloads. I learned that, you know, um, I learned at times I can hold my, my own against a guy like that. But there's just so many, there's so much, there's so much off of their offense that's predicated on him being who he is that it's, it's you're not, you're just not going to be able to stop it. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a cool experience to get to do it and, and learn that I can, I can do that at that level in the playoffs and uh, see where that takes us. You mentioned the ups and downs of the season like this with the Kevin Durant trade coming mid-season and trying to incorporate yeah. such a big piece, and then he goes down for a few weeks in the middle of that just. How difficult was it to try and together? Yeah, I said this last night. I, you know, I, I didn't find it too too difficult. I think that there were there were times where we like we we're all extremely talented, high IQ basketball players here at the Suns, and I felt like um, I felt like we slotted together real really seamlessly at, at times. But there was times that there was just pushback and. It didn't feel like we were playing the brand of basketball that was going to have us win, um, and you know it was it was it was those growing pains that I think kind of stopped us um, from from getting where we wanted to go. Uh, but I, I really believe that when we were on, it was it was pretty damn special. And I think that everyone can agree with that. When, when Phoenix Suns were playing Phoenix Suns basketball, it was going to be tough to stop, but. Yeah, maybe it was a little bit of just not having that experience and trust within one another that, that kind of stopped us from doing that, you know, 99% of the time. But, um, yeah, I believe that this team, uh, this team had serious potential that we unfortunately didn't live up to. But uh, I think that we, we at times, we, we played some special basketball. And there was some real potential there, yeah. Since how much you helped grow the Suns brand down under? <laughs> Mate, hopefully more than Baines. That's, <laughs> that's what I hold on to. No, I don't know. I, I, I definitely get a lot of messages from Australians saying they're Phoenix Suns fans. So um, hopefully I, I add to that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jack. Thanks, Thanks, you Thanks guys. Man, what else can you say about Jock Landell? I mean, he he played his butt off. And he had heck of a series when you know when he was when he was playing you know um, and he did it he did everything that you could have asked for from um, that you could have asked for from a um, from a player like him against Jokic. I mean he. He hit the nail on the head. I, uh, you know, he he said I felt like I brought it, and you know, I gave my best, and he did. Um, there, 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 there's no other way. And the last and final one. You guys know probably already know who it is, and it's not. Well, maybe maybe you're thinking you know who it is, but um, you'll see a trend here from post game to to now. But anyway, the last one is DeAndre Ayton. From, um, from all the medication I've been taking, really. All right.
How uh, how tough was it to watch last night, knowing you had the the rib issue and seeing the way the game? Yeah, happened? um, I think every time they scored, I just kept clinching on my jaws. Um, you know, we had some good some good possessions and some good runs in there, but um, it wasn't enough. But I know my guys tried and uh, tried their best to contribute as well. I'm curious, just the season that you've had, where it's been just. I mean, there's as many highs and lows that you can have in this season. How have you pushed through it, um, going through what you've gone through this year? <laughs> I don't know, Jordan. Um, faith, man. Putting God first in some of these obstacles. Um, yeah, I'm at having a team and, and some teammates where, you know, um, they help me on and off the court mentally as well. Um, I won't say it's easy, it's better said than done, but. Game of basketball brings a lot. I'd say um, just coming in the gym and you know just having your mind on winning, you know, it takes a, a lot of that stuff away just to keep moving. You know, just keep taking the right stuff. So, Andrew, how does your grip feel at the moment? At the moment, I'm feeling pain right now, just sitting up. Um, the shot didn't even look bad. That was my first time seeing the shot, but yeah, right now I'm just feeling pain. Just you know, just feeling all that weight. Just you know press on the swelling but you know, I, I've been trying I was trying to come back yesterday and I'm trying to work around the clock but it wasn't just giving me enough I was too insecure on how I fold up when I get hit and, yeah it wasn't losing it wasn't I just couldn't move properly would game seven have been a possibility if, or was it more of a longer term thing yeah honestly it was gonna have to be a push if we went game seven I was gonna have to just you know, just bite on the nail and do what I gotta do. But I was really hoping for a day in between, you know, our guys locking in game six, you know, to come back game seven. Who was that? No, you no, you I was done talking. What was the conversation like with James just now about the future? Oh, yeah. It was fun, man. Um, Just me being a better basketball player, how I would get better. Um, Things that. He would love to help me with, you know, you know just, just what can I do more? You know, I told him, you know, we both agreed on doing that, and, you know, I just can't wait to see. And we can get started this summer. We just get working. What, what are some of the areas that you feel like you can get better as a basketball player? I'm really just taking care of everything down low, man, and just spacing this for me. Um, I see the type of the type of team we got here, you know, just really spacing out that floor and making some more space, you know, for these guys to operate. Not only that, making me more of a threat where, you know, teams you have to close out or look out for my drives, stuff like that. DeAndre, there were some reports to come out this morning about uncertainty surrounding your future and how your camp felt similarly with that way. I was just curious for you, I know you love it here, but just if, if you want to reaffirm just how much you enjoy being here and being a part of this organization. Man, I love Phoenix, man. Um, honestly, I'm going to continue playing hard for Phoenix. I'm going to keep repping Phoenix like I always been up for Phoenix. And you know, that's about it. I don't listen to the other side. No. I'm here. I'm happy. We didn't finish off the season the way we wanted to, but it's always next year. And, you know, this summer is just more work. You know, we just got to do a little bit more work and, you know, 
NBA teams are getting smarter and tougher. It's harder to win in the NBA, so there's a lot to, to focus on this summer. And as, you, as, you've said, as you've said in the past, you play for your teammates just as much as yourself, right? Most definitely. Um, me and just having the type of chemistry and knowing the personnel our guys have, and why not? You know, it would look kind of crazy, you know, you're hanging out with this dude off the court, but you can't have his back on, on the court. So, I mean, that's the type of model we go by on this team. So, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned blocking out the outside noise. How difficult is that to do? You know, social media can be a nasty place so after a loss like last night. As easy to ignore. Um, I, mean, I let the peanut gallery keep going, and then I shut them up with my performance. But, um, no, like I said, having my family and putting God first and having teammates that know you and help you with your mental is big. Um, I don't take that for granted. And, um, that's, a, that's the main reason why I can sit up in you guys' face talking to you guys, because I know the type of team I have behind me. DJ, you're helpful in the season, and you frequent the training camp, and your relationship with Monty was a little rocky. How did that evolve over the course of the season? Um, just being in the lab, working on and off. It might look like, like that on the... Uh, through the lens, but at the end of the day, um, what family don't have us in there? You know what I'm saying? Especially when both of us are on the same mission. Um, you know, really, we really got tired of when, you know, when we were losing, and we were going through that stage of, you know, we felt like we were losing every game. And the guys were out and we were injured. And, you know, just knowing the type of coach you are and him knowing me as a man and me doing the same thing, you know, it brought a better understanding. You know, to staff and how we're going to go about things. Like, it made it so much easier. You know, like, usually people break down when they don't get what they want, but we, we built something that we, 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 we made a stronger unit. So it sounds like we've got stronger and, and, and it's good now, huh? Most, it's always been good. Like I said, what family don't argue? Did, how did the trade for Kevin bringing in a, another elite playmaker, shooter, how did that change your role and your expectation for your game? Um, mainly getting guys open even more, making that my priority. Um, getting them open, spacing the floor, making sure teams are aware of my roles. Um, you know, just the general things, but it's just more enhanced. You know, um, uh, with KD, you know, sometimes you might have to slip. You know, it's a bigger guy. You just can't really, you just in his way if you really try to set a screen. And with Brook, you have to set a screen and get him open and you stay down here. There's a, there's a lot of stuff, and you got Chris Paul. You might need a rescreen and things like that, but you know, just my, my rules were just enhanced more rebounding, being uh, more of a threat on the offensive board as well. And just finishing more uh, uh, touch finishes and uh, dump off finishes, things like that. Did you know how challenging is it just the process and finality of the season, especially when I'm sure you guys had such high expectations? Oh, we had high expectations because that's just who the Suns organization is. Right? You know, we, we play to win. But at the same time, people have to realize that like, <laughs> we didn't have training camp with this team. You know, we didn't have enough time. I felt that we had enough time you know, certain things where we cracked down in late situations of the games. We would have you know, we been better. And, but at the same time, it's fun playing basketball. Now. When I just finished playing uh, a postseason with Tony Durant, Chris Paul, and Denver Book. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I'm oh, sorry. You, you mentioned how much you love Phoenix. You're from here by way of the Bahamas, and obviously your family's nearby. So how much is when you have a loss like this or any 
adversity that you face to have your family, especially your mother nearby, in the wake of Mother's Day this Sunday? What do you mean? Like, how does it help to have your mother nearby to help you regroup in times like this for yourself? Uh, it helps a lot, man. Um, like I say, uh, outside noise is like, it's hard to hear the outside noise when I'm around my family. You know, I don't be on the social media like that, especially when they don't like me. So I cut all that stuff out and, you know, it's much easier just to be around my son and watch film. <laughs> you know, watch the, watch the games with the, the, uh, with, uh, the volume down, you know, things like that. And then I play the game, man. Play the 2K game. I forget about all that stuff. I feel like a kid back in my mom's house and my girl, you know, just eat some of our food. And, you know, you basically, you know, rejuvenate, you know, whether it's a win or a loss. You know? So it's much easier having a game. Thanks, Dia. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. All right, now, y'all. Man, there's just so much I can say about DA, but it's already been over two hours. Um, and you might could understand why, you know, I have plenty of uh, Diamondbacks to talk about. A lot of Cardinals. I talk about some introductory press conferences that we'll just have to muscle in a little bit later. I don't know when, but... Uh, yeah, uh, imagine if I would have added all this. would probably would have been a four or five hour show. Um, he there's so much I can say about Da though that that but there's none of it is stuff that I hadn't already said. He just he just he's so clueless. He he just does not get it, and he's a nice young man. From everything I've heard and seen, he you know you hear Jock Lando that I that cut I played a while ago. Uh, a couple of shows ago, you know, that, that DA is the first one to get, you know, to cheer his teammates on, to cheer the other big men on, on the team when uh, him and Busy, him being Jock and uh, Busy do something great. DA is the first one up off the bench, um, congratulating them. Uh, first one, you know, to do all these different things. but And that's what he is. He's just a nice young man, but he is not a competitor. Uh, and I don't know why the Suns have him, you know. And it's got to be like something like I can't even think of an example. I had a, an example last night, but it's got to be because when he, you know, most of the time that he is consistent, he's a walking double double. I mean, but he has the potential to be a walking triple double. He he has, you know, uh, honest to goodness. And, and you know, for for uh, for those out there that are on my side of things, uh, you know, and, and and like, yeah, you know, he he deserves all the criticism that he gets, uh, but his potential is like a, a, a Hakeem Olajuwon. It really is. It really, absolutely is. But will we see that? I don't think so, because he's just not a competitor. He calls himself the uh, dominating. You know, play on words of dominating and uh Aiton being his last name so dominating and he's just not he he is not a dominant force on on the court he can be we've seen glimpses of it uh but i i don't i don't know it and and you know it's it's kind of goes beyond blaming him and really kind of blaming the coaching staff like that that, that put up with it like i, I don't know well what else? And he himself, D.A., talking, you know, says that, hey, they're always on me. Well, D.A., they're always on you because you're not on yourself. 
and I just, just so so he's so clueless I, I can't even remember what exactly triggered me during during that um that that he said that I was going to interrupt but I you know it just it is he's so clueless um he's someone that I think will be on the team because I feel like no one has you know the value for him. I mean Indiana apparently did and maybe that's their best bet. Maybe Suns, you know, if they think about moving on from DA, which I wouldn't blame them, they'd contact Indiana and say, hey, you guys wanted to sign him. We matched the deal, so you couldn't. Um, what what can you give, you know, for him? But I don't know what his value is. I mean, yeah, like I said, when he's, when he's on, he's a walking double-double. I wish they were higher double-doubles, but that's got to be the only reason why he has a max is because – you know, he 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 is for the most time more, more times than not. The series is not a good example, but more times than not, throughout every season, I don't know how many times that you know you hear me in the two men offense. Um, you know, I mentioned the the higher score, but almost every time in the two men offense, you guys hear me say DeAndre and double double. I mean, I don't I don't I really don't know. We just I just wish we saw more from him because I think there's more that he can give but he just he just won't or can't or I don't know. I really don't know. And and with that, you know, that that's that's the show. I'm not not going to try to keep you guys any longer uh than that. Like I said, it's it's been well over 2 hours. It's going to be, you know, that's 2 hours and 8 minutes at this moment. Another two minutes here will make it 2.10 with me uh, closing out the show right right now. So I appreciate you guys joining me. Like I said, I have a lot of Diamondbacks, have a lot of Cardinals to get to. Um, you know, I'll probably squeeze that in here soon. Um, as far as Diamondbacks, I know, you know, they, they've only won one of that, that uh, um, uh, Miami series. Now they're uh, – they're, playing the Giants they've already won one game they have another game today so but we have a lot to talk about with them a lot of uh, rookie minute camp going on at this very moment with the Cardinals so and to get to know the rookies that had their introductory press conferences that we have to go through um, so I'm sorry I'm so behind you know like I said a lot is due to what's going on in the house right now with with you know the guests here and whatnot so I apologize you know it's been a couple days everything all this is old hat with the exception of the exit interviews that happened literally yesterday so um you know i I wouldn't i don't blame you guys for skipping all past this and skipping past the game and not wanting to relieve that but going straight to the what's next but um i appreciate you guys sticking out every every time um and i hope you agree with the way i started the show you know just diving right into it not even doing an intro and and uh and all that but um, as always, you can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple, Google, um, Audible, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Stitcher. We are just about everywhere you are. And there's more platforms than even that. Those are just ones that I have memorized of where I am, to be honest with you. Um, feel free to email me at any time about anything, any questions, comments, concerns. Um, you can do that at BigSkySportsTalk at gmail.com. BigSkySportsTalk at gmail.com. Facebook and Instagram. You can also uh, like and follow the pages. It's at Big Sky Sports Talk. It'll take you right to it. You can type that in the search bar, hit the like bo- uh, button, um, and and it'll all be available to you. 
Until next time, thank you guys. Happy Mother's Day.